before we enter God's word, let's take a moment to pray. Father God, we thank you for this time, this day. We thank you for a day you have marked out for our, our rest. And we pray that you would guide us to truly rest. We pray that the words of your scripture would touch us in a new way. Open our eyes to see something different. Open our ears to hear what you would have us hear. God, we thank you for your prophets, both the prophets of the Old Testament. We also thank you for prophets of our time, prophets who bring your word to your people. We pray that our ears would be tuned to you and that your Holy Spirit would continue to dwell in us and continue to change us and transform us to be more and more like Christ. We thank you so much for the beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, that we can come before you. We can commune with you in a sweet and tender way. So be with us now. Open our ears to your word. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You know, Emily, last week I took some time and I introduced uh, us together uh, to the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as the Holy Spirit would come upon the judges and cause the judges to do some type of dynamic action. And we saw through uh, Samson how he was able to do more when he was empowered with the Spirit, when the Spirit of the Lord would rush upon him. He tore apart a lion. He killed 30 people. He killed a 1,000 people with a jawbone of a donkey. Uh, But there was the aspect of how he was not... Uh, being formed internally at that time. It was specifically the Spirit of the Lord coming upon in power for dynamic action. This week we're going to continue our series on the Holy Spirit by again looking in the Old Testament as the Spirit of the Lord comes upon prophets. And the way the Spirit of the Lord comes upon prophets will continue to be this idea where the Spirit of the Lord comes upon and there's some type of dynamic action But this time the action isn't like feats of strength or anything like that. Instead, it's the dynamic action is the Lord coming upon the person and the person speaking what the Lord brings them to say. It will be speaking the words of the Lord or seeing and revealing the the vision that the Lord had given them. So we'll see that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon the prophets to deliver specific messages for the people of Israel. But I think it's really important for us to consider before we get into that portion of this morning's teaching to consider what actually is a prophet. We believe that the Spirit of God used prophets to speak his word and God uses them to see his visions, visions that are something to come. Uh, We read this in the description of a prophet in Deuteronomy 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you He will be one of their own people. I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him to say. So again, we see this is God initiating with a prophet, with a human being, um, to give a message before God is going to do it. Um, The prophecy is God telling his people what's going to happen. Um, Giving them fair warning, right? A lot of times in, in the Old Testament, prophets are... 
um, calling for repentance, they're giving warning about something's going to happen, um, or they're giving hope that something is about to happen. Something either calling uh, repentance or hope or action or something. Um, so the, again, a prophet is someone who is not necessarily, doesn't foreknow what God is going to do. He is given the words to represent God. We will not always find the words the Spirit of the Lord came upon before a prophet speaks, but we do know that the Spirit was speaking through them, um, that they had the Spirit of the Lord upon them. Um, there are a few uh, prophets in the Old Testament who say, you know, um, the Spirit of the Lord within me declares. But that's not always the case. But we do know um, in Peter, um, his letter to the churches, um, he says this, It never came simply because a prophet wanted it to. Instead, the Holy Spirit guided the prophets as they spoke. So prophecy comes from God. Um, that is where we kind of get our um, statement of belief in um, the Spirit speaking through these prophets in the Nicene Creed, where we declare, uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who spoke by the prophets. I think prophetic words that the Lord gives the prophets are active and they're creative. Uh, through the prophet Isaiah, uh, God says this, the rain and the snow come down from the sky. They do not return it without watering the earth. They make plants come up and grow. The plants produce seeds for farmers. They also produce food for people to eat. The words I speak are like that. They will not return to me without producing results. They will accomplish what I want them to, and they will do exactly what I sent them to do. So just to give you an idea of where we find the Spirit of the Lord upon the Israelite prophets, uh, you could turn to Second Chronicles with me, and we're going to just look at three brief examples of the Spirit of the Lord upon an Israelite prophet, and then we're going to move to the Spirit of the Lord upon a uh, non-Israelite prophet. In Second Chronicles 15, verses 1 and 2, the, it says this, The Spirit of God came on Azariah. He was the son of Odin. Azariah went out to meet Asa. He said to him, Asa and all you people of Judah and Benjamin, listen to me. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you really look for him, you will find him. But if you desert him, he will desert you. So here we have Azariah, who the Spirit of the God, Spirit of the Lord came upon. And Azariah goes out to the people of Judah and Benjamin and, and gives them a word saying that the Lord is with them as long as they are with the Lord. And then again in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 14 and 15, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And then again the, in 2 Chronicles 24, 20, it says the Spirit of, the Lord, of God came upon the priest Zechariah, and he was the son of Jehoiada. And Zechariah stood in front of the people and he told him, God says, why do you refuse to obey my commands? You will not have success. You have deserted me. So I have deserted you. And so you can see how these prophets, these people who uh, God brought his word to, uh, sometimes they will uh, have similar messages. That first prophet that we talked about, I had a message that if you follow God, God will be with you. If you're with God, God will be with you. But if you desert God, God will desert you and he won't be with you. And here again, we have the priest Zechariah who says uh, something very, very 
similar. But now we're going to turn to what we see uh, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon a non-Israelite prophet. So as we move to the story about the non-Israelite prophet, I feel like we have to do a little bit of background to help us get an idea of, of what's going on. And, you know, turn to Numbers chapter uh, 22. That's kind of where the story begins, and it's going to be chapter 22, 23, and into tw- chapter 24 as well. And, and what we're going to see is that the, we're introduced to this man named Balaam, and Balaam is sought out by Balak, the king of Moab, uh, because the king of Moab and all the people of Moab are fearful of of the Israelites because the Israelites have been, been coming through the land and they've been conquering uh, different regions and places and cities, and now uh, Moab is concerned about what is going to happen. So Balak seeks, seeks out the seer, or this diviner person uh, called Balaam, and he does this because he believes that Balaam, whoever Balaam curses will be cursed, and whoever Balaam blesses will be blessed. So he reaches out and he really desires for Balaam to curse the Israelites, so that they will not be able to conquer Moab and and that Balak will continue to be reigning as king and so on. But in this process, God sends a messenger or starts speaking to Balaam, this person who is a non-Israelite, and he says that he should not go and do what Balak wants him to do. But the thing is, Balaam goes anyway. And so he goes anyway, and he's riding on this donkey in in the middle of chapter 22, and the donkey just stops in its tracks right along the path because the donkey sees an angel of the Lord. And so Balaam, he strikes the donkey. And so the donkey continues, and the angel of the Lord moves to a new spot, and and the donkey once again presses him up against this wall and, and stops, and Balaam gets frustrated, and he hits him again. And then the angel of the Lord moves to a third place and the donkey sits down and then the Lord opens the mouth of the donkey and the donkey says to Balaam, why are you hitting me? But then he also, the Lord, opens the eyes of Balaam so Balaam can see the angel of the Lord standing right there with him. And as the angel of the Lord is standing right there in front of Balaam, Balaam says, I have sinned. You know, I didn't know this was was happening. Uh, You know, what am I to do almost? And the angel of the Lord says to Balaam, you will go, but now speak only the words that I give you. Speak only the words that the Lord gives you. And we will see three times when Balak, the king of the Moabites, wants Balaam to curse the Israelites, the Lord will give a message to this non-Israelite prophet, this non-Israelite seer or diviner. Turn to Numbers chapter 23, verse 5, and you see this, that this is the first time the Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth, and the Lord said, and then it will continue, And then in Numbers chapter 23, verse 16, And the Lord met Balaam and put a word into his mouth. And then he said, and so you see it there twice, where the Lord puts words 
into the mouse of Balaam. But then this third time, we see just something a little bit different. He, meaning Balaam, looked out. This is Numbers 24, verse 2, and saw Israel. They had set up their camps by tribe, tribe by tribe, and the Spirit of God came upon him. The Spirit of God comes upon Balaam. A, a, almost the third time we could see, or giving words to Balaam to speak. And each time that Balaam speaks, Balaam only is able to speak blessing upon the Israelites. He is, he is not able to curse them because he is being empowered by the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, to speak the truth. And no matter what uh, Balak wants from this, no matter what amount of money or what amount of things or, or what uh, Balak says he will do to Balaam if he, if he does not curse the Israelites, he is still only able to speak the truth, the truth that God had given him. And we see it a couple times. Uh, we'll read these scripture passages briefly. Numbers 23, verses 11 and 12. Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you here to put a curse on my enemies, but all you've done is give them a blessing. And then Balaam answered this way, I have to speak the words the Lord puts in my mouth. And then again, about 12, 13 verses later, Numbers chapter 23, verses 25 to 26. Then Balak said to Balaam, don't put a curse on them at all and don't give them a blessing at all. You know, Balak is trying to say, hey, don't do anything. I don't want you to, to bless them anymore. I don't want you to curse them anymore because I don't even know what you're going to say because the spirit probably is, is, is causing him to, to say these words. And Balaam answered, he's like, didn't I tell you that... I have to do what the Lord says. Balaam is, is being overtaken almost by the Spirit and is only able to speak what the Spirit wills him to do, what the Spirit of the Lord wills him to, what the Lord puts in his mouth. And, and what an amazing thing that we see in this passage, but we also can, can kind of... Uh, move on to all the other passages where the prophets are speaking, that those who the Spirit falls upon, those whom the Spirit falls upon, whether it's Israelite or non-Israelite, they will only be able to speak the truth. Now, I think the trouble in, in this thing, which Emily alluded to earlier, is that even though the prophets are only able to speak the truth, They'll speak perhaps messages of hope or messages of repentance in particular. A lot of people, most people, didn't like the messages that the prophets had to bring. The words that the Lord gave to the prophets, that the prophets spoke on their behalf, often uh, were difficult words and, and they were hard words and they weren't readily welcomed by the people of Israel. We see an example of this in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 22. The prophet Micaiah comes to King Ahab before a battle, and he says this, You can be sure that the Lord lives, and you can be just as sure that I can only tell the king what the Lord tells me to say. Ahab ignored Micaiah's message and ended up dying. Um, I think... Both the story of Balaam and 
here again with the story of Ahab and, and the other ignoring or being um, belligerent against the message of God um, can give us a warning too. God will have his way and it is up to us to cooperate. We do have to be careful because not everything that claims the spirit comes from the spirit of truth. We have our own will kind of mixed in with the Holy Spirit, which is why we need discernment. And the best and most reliable place for discernment is through Scripture because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Scripture is not going to contradict what the Holy Spirit is saying within us. It's our job to submit and kind of come under the lordship of God as the spirit dwells in us. And we see here that Balaam was forced to do that, right? Um, We have a beautiful, tender gift that the Holy Spirit invites us to cooperate. Um, He doesn't puppeteer us. He doesn't force us to do what he wants. He gives us the opportunity to not only be transformed, to be more Christ-like, but to partner with him, to kind of do a dance, where he leads and we follow. And he invites that. And again, that shows the tenderness and love of the Spirit um, embodied within us, the love of God. And there's kind of four discernment tests that we have learned um, as a part of uh, growing the church in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, conference, um, some teaching uh, through uh, PRMI, Presbyterian Reform Ministries International. And, and it's really to determine whether or not the Spirit is at work. Perhaps that means if the Spirit is at work speaking uh, to you. And, and we kind of got motions to go along with them too. But uh, number one is, does it glorify Jesus, right? Uh, does it glorify Him? Uh, if it doesn't, it's probably not from the Spirit. The second one is, that is it, is it biblical? And that's just what Emily had mentioned before. Um, is what you are hearing from the Lord, um, does it connect with Scripture? And that's why we need to know the Bible well and, and recognize what it says and, and what it does not say. Uh, because the Spirit will not contradict something that, uh, that is revealed through Scripture. And number three, do other people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, people you trust and know Scripture, uh, do they have a confirming witness about what is happening? Do they, are they in agreement? They say amen uh, to how the Spirit is speaking into your life. We use an action of like kind of applauding, clapping, like uh, encouraging. Yeah, keep going along with that. And the fourth one is, is there really fruit in the future? Does it bear witness to something else? And that comes and brings us all the way back to that passage in Isaiah that we read earlier, Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11, where it talks about the rain and the snow coming down and it produces the fruit in the plants and it grows. And that's just like God's word and the way the spirit is at work in the world today, that when the spirit brings us truth, when the spirit brings us the word, when the spirit brings uh, a work, uh, something within our life, there will be something that happens because that word that is given does not return to God without completing what it set out to do. To close out this conversation about the Spirit, the Spirit in truth, the Spirit upon, I want to read from John 16. Um, I think these words will ring true for us 
as we have the indwelling of the Spirit and the beautiful gift that that is. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is still going to happen. Um, so reassuring that the Holy Spirit in us is guiding us directly hearing from God the Father. Um, so in our days, even though we feel alone and we feel isolated, uh, we are not alone. We have a beautiful communion with the Holy Spirit and God the Father. Let's pray as we close this time in God's Word together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn more about how your Spirit comes upon prophets to speak the truth. We thank you for uh, those who have gone before us that help us know the truth and understand the truth. Uh, we pray that you would help us to discern what that truth is in our life, that we would have people filled with the Spirit uh, uh, encouraging us uh, and even, too, holding us back when they don't believe that a word that we've heard is from, uh, from you. We pray that we would continually think of those four tests of the Spirit's work in our life. Does it give glory to Jesus? Is it scriptural? Uh, does, it, uh, does it follow what we know about you in Scripture, what is revealed to us? Do other people who have the Holy Spirit and are filled with the Holy Spirit have a confirming witness? And is there fruit in the future? Uh, will that word return to you, uh, having completed what you desired it to complete? Uh, it's in Jesus' name that we pray all these things. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us in worship today as we orient our hearts to God. If this is a ministry that you regularly support, we want to say thank you so much for how you give uh, to the work that God has going on here at Princeton. We invite you to continue to give uh, via one of two methods. Uh, one of them is you can always give by going to princetoncrc.org and clicking the donate button. Uh, the other way you can do, uh, you can give is by uh, writing out a check and sending it to 5330 Kalamazoo Avenue, Kentwood, Michigan. And we're so thankful for how you continue to support God's work here at Princeton. As we go into our week, just know that you're never alone, that the Spirit of the Lord is within you, uniting you uh, to all the other believers that are here in the world. And the Spirit of the Lord goes with us, strengthening us, empowering us, and directing us as we go. And God gives us His blessing uh, and it reaches into our lives through that same Spirit that unites us with Christ and other believers. Can we put our hands up? Let's bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you His peace. Say amen. Amen. amen.